Welcome to Gay Expectations. We've been expecting you. I'm Nicole Keeping. And I'm Diana BTs. This week, Diana and Nicole talk about their coming out adventures, Diana's demon twink era, and the evolution of Halifax's queer nightlife. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to Gay Expectations. I'm Diana Butiz. <laughs> and I'm Nicole Keeping. How you doing today, Nicole? I am good. I am feeling a lot of different things, mm-hmm. I think. Just because, like, I'm moving soon. Mm-hmm. So part of me is like, oh, God, I've got to do that. But also, we haven't started the process to move at all since we have a whole month to do it. So it's like, I know that I'm moving, but also everything is still perfectly how I like it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I have this feeling of impending doom (laughs) that I have to change everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, yeah. But other than that, I feel like, you know, I'm getting away from the winter blues a bit. I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic about things. Um, Trying to see friends more. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I always kind of shut myself in when I'm feeling like crap. Mm -hmm. So overall, I think feeling better. We had a great time at Smitty's. We sure did. Always do. And that always makes me feel better. (laughs) How are you feeling? Well, I'm a little bit of the same because my brain is very happy from that poutine that I had at Smitty's, but my (laughs) stomach is like telling a different story because as you know, I'm (laughs) lactose intolerant, but that doesn't stop me because I'm not a quitter. Um, But yeah, I've had a situation similar to yours where I've had like a month to move and it sounds like it's going to be ideal. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be stressful, but it just ends up that you're like living in two places at once. Yeah, that's going to be weird. When were you moving over a month? Um, it usually happens like when I'm moving in with a partner. Uh, so like, so that when I was moving from my place in Enfield in with Sahand, I, I, th- I had more than a month to move. And I would just like slowly, quote unquote, slowly move things. But that would just be like bringing the things I like and then everything I didn't really like need just sat at my apartment in Enfield Mm. for like a whole month. And then on the last possible day I had to move everything. Nightmare. Absolute (laughs) nightmare. Did you like do a moving sale and get rid of all of your stuff or? I did. Facebook marketplace. I think only one of the things got taken and then everything else went out to the curb. Fair enough. What kind of things did you lose that day or did you give up that day? Um, my mattress, it was, it was time for that mattress to go to jail. Um, I didn't put that up on Facebook Marketplace. Not mattress jail. Um, uh, uh, some Ikea tables that just wouldn't fit in the new place, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. And this is to the place that you guys are right now? No. So we moved in together on Almond Street in Halifax first. Oh, okay. But, cool. okay, speaking of that, do you know, I, I, I'm reading this book called Before the Parade, mm-hmm. and I can't... Who wrote that again? I can't remember who the author is. Is it Rebecca... I feel like in my head it's Rebecca Rose, but also that sounds wrong. Something's telling me Anne. You know, we... If only we had a device in front of us that could tell us this exact answer. Only, um, so one fun little thing I learned is that there used to be... Um, it doesn't say exactly where the bar was, but it was like a queer space in the 70s or 80s, some time in between there. It is Rebecca Rose. Oh my god, you did it. <laughs> Not Anne. (laughs) So there used to be this queer space um, by the Halifax Forum, which is right where we used to live. And in my head, I think it's where Brooklyn Warehouse is now. And the queer space was actually in the back of a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So you would have to walk through the restaurant, hope you didn't see anybody you knew, because everyone knew there was a gay club back there, to walk into the restaurant, hope you don't know anybody, and then there'd be like a little queer space in the back. And that just sounds so delightful and fun. Mm -hmm. Minus the like part where you have to hide right um but they're like i don't know i wish we had more queer spaces like that right now i wish we had more than one and a half gay spaces (laughs) and one thing i'm learning as i read this book is like it seems that right now we have the lowest amount of queer spaces that we've had since like the 70s Mm. um which is so silly because literally per capita we are the queerest city in Canada, mm-hmm. like there are more people here who are queer, non-binary, mm. trans yeah. than anywhere else in the country, mm. and yet we have like no spaces for us mm. to actually just go and hang out. But also, it's like maybe because I think you were mentioning this 
because everyone in Halifax is gay. Like, everywhere in Halifax is a gay space now, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I went to a drag race viewing party in a curling club. <laughs> <laughs> Only Nova Scotia, but. <laughs> oh my god, that was the first time I think I saw an actual queen perform live. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't really, you know... Um, into drag or anything before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just an art form I didn't really know anything about until Emma made me start watching Drag Race. And then the first time we saw someone perform live, it was, yeah, Christy Davidson mm-hmm. hosting a Canada's Drag Race viewing party. Mm-hmm. And poor thing. Like, she was trying so hard. But, like, it's the worst space for one person to perform mm-hmm. in. Like, in a large room where everyone is like very sparsely seated that's really hard as yeah. far away from each other as possible yeah. <laughs> and she was like you know going around doing her mm-hmm. dances i was like she's doing so great consider especially considering the circumstances right right, right. um i was like yeah this is a this is a fine yeah. first ex- exposure mm-hmm. but i feel like i feel like something is a little off here because mm-hmm. it's like you know you see this drag queen doing all these kicks and tricks and then all on the walls are jerseys <laughs> in frames <laughs> something's not right yeah it's is it cognitive dissonance is that the word <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah, those big spaces are so hard to perform in because like when say my favorite place to perform is good robot in the mousetrap room because everybody's on top Jeezy. of each other yeah and it's just like you're up in the faces of everyone who's in the audience and just like you feed off that ener- energy mm-hmm. but the second there's a wide open space it's like the energy is just so just like mm-hmm. and i'm sure that comes with like time of like learning how to perform in those spaces but right now maybe i cannot do that <laughs> <laughs> gosh so we talked about this a little bit before but tell me about your experience with queerness in high school Oh my gosh. Like, okay. when did you come out? Tell me everything. I don't think oh we've God. had this conversation. No, we haven't. And it's kind of fun. Like, we, we'll see each other maybe, like, once, maybe twice a week, mm-hmm. which is good because we haven't known each other for that long, so we get to keep everything for on here. Mm-hmm. Um, Save it for the pod, baby. <laughs> um, so, actually, I think I really knew that something was up <laughs> when I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember... Like, it was, like, a truth or dare, and I kissed one of my friends. And I was like, the first person I kissed was a girl. Mm-hmm. <gasps> That's gay. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. And I was like, oh, God, does that mean something? And then I remember seeing a picture of Ruby Rose come up on my on mm-hmm. my Facebook timeline, mm-hmm. um, which is something I love to say to absolutely date myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, what are you, 23? Uh, three. Yeah, See, And Stop. that's the thing. I... <laughs> I love to, like, poke fun at you for being a millennial, but also, this ha- th- that's my life for, like, five hours a day at the music right. studio c- where I'm teaching yeah. actual Gen Z instead of me, who's, like, a Gen Zennial. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that was around when you were, like, oh, you had Duolingo back then? I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so it's all cyclical, but, um, yeah, I saw a picture of Ruby Rose, and I, like, felt something, mm-hmm. and I was like... It, it, it's, it's just because her hair's short <laughs> and she has like really great cheekbones and um tattoos like i'm not gay and i was like am i no i think you might be gay and i was like why don't you deal with that later and yeah. i just remember like having this moment where i was like and i like pushed it right down into my gut mm-hmm. and it festered there for a while um and i always yeah i was like i'll deal with it later um then in high school i got a boyfriend yeah um in grade 10 it was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we actually dated until my... No. Duh, I can't remember if we started dating when I was in grade 10 or 11, but I think it was grade 10. Um, and I... Boyfriend? Yes. Um, we dated until, like, my first year of university. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Um, we'll get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, when we were dating, like, I would still kind of have these feelings about some of like my friends or um just like people around school so this is a little this is gonna get a little raunchy in a second hell so yeah parents don't listen <laughs> but um we did have a little bit of a plan to try a threesome okay. when i was in high school hell yeah. <laughs> because i wanted to explore that side of myself mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like i really need to know and like i really love being with you um, but like, this is something that I really need to figure out for my, he was like, yeah, I'm down. Like, you know, <laughs> high school, horny yeah. boy, like sleep with two women, not just one. Double the fun. <laughs> and I had a friend who was out and by at the time 
and like we were like we had the plans to do it and then she was like no I don't think I'm really ready for this I'm like totally fair yep sounds good we are in high school (laughs) (laughs) and then that didn't end up happening but like the fact that I was like yeah I really want like I wanted that like that it should have been more obvious to Mm -hmm. me like I shouldn't have had to be like I need to like have sex with this with a a girl to know it's like I feel like you only want to do that (laughs) like straight people aren't like just to be safe (laughs) better try it um so that was kind of as close as I got to anything in high school mm-hmm. and then December of my first year of university mm-hmm. I find out that my my high school boyfriend kissed another girl oh. at a party and it like it actually did break my heart yeah. at the time um cuz he was like my first part like my first mm-hmm. boyfriend or my first partner like at all that's like um, 3 years it was like 3 and a half years Damn. like it was it was a long time. It was my entire high school mm-hmm. and a little bit more. Um, and so we broke up. But to be honest, I had been kind of wanting a breakup for a while. But I was like, no, I still really love him. And um, But like we were living in different provinces and that didn't look like it was going to change anytime mm-hmm. soon. And I was like, I want to be a university student <laughs> and mm-hmm. do crazy, stupid stuff. Um, it was, like, my first time getting any kind of attention because of, like, how I looked. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, and I have this stupid boyfriend in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Ugh, the worst. Um, and then he did that, and, like, part of me was, like, heartbroken, obviously, but another part of me was like, this is your way out. I could be gay, you I know? could be gay, I could be gay. <laughs> and so I was like, maybe we should just break up. Like, thanks for everything. It's been real. <laughs> So, you know, three and a half year breakup over the phone in different oh. provinces, you know? Um, not cute. Not cute. Um, Have you seen him since? I've run into him a couple times since, but we haven't, like, sat down and had a conversation about anything. That is something I don't know if I should get into on here or not, because everything is all gossip. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think there are any hard feelings. Yeah, good. Or anything. Um he was working at the mall for a while in Cornerbrook, and that's, like, one of the only places to go to. It's mm-hmm. so, like, I would see him when right. I would go to the mall. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he's there anymore. I've heard he's now a flight attendant. Slay. Right? I think he dropped out of theater school at, like, the fourth year and went to be a flight attendant. You know what? Good for you. Good for you, babe. You get to fly for free. Mm-hmm. Me, I would be throwing up all the time. That would be my personal nightmare. It, it takes everything in me to not throw up the second I'm going faster than two kilometers an mm-hmm. hour. So <laughs> I can't imagine doing that as a job. Yeah, um, there's two things I hate doing. It's serving customers <laughs> and, and being in a confined space where I can't, like, fidget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could just imagine you with, like, one of those worms that you, like, swing around. You're like, would you like coffee, tea, <laughs> <laughs> orange juice, ginger ale? <laughs> just fidgets in both hands. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we finally broke up and I started, you know, going to parties more Mm -hmm. and I made out with a girl, um, at a party and I was like super drunk and then that became a very regular occurrence and like I would just go to a party and like make out with girls when Mm -hmm. I was drunk and people would be like, so you're gay, right? And I was like... It's just, like, something I do when I'm drunk. Like, I don't know if I'm... That, I don't know if I've had labels on anything. I'm only gay when I drink. <laughs> and they're like, mm, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. Okay, okay, Jan, you know? <laughs> um, and then the summer after my first year was when I really started to figure myself out. Mm-hmm. I went to Reflections. Ooh. And I met a person there. And we hit it off right away, and we were dancing together and kissing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And As you do at Reflections. Exactly. It was gross. <laughs> and then we, you know, exchanged numbers. They went away for a little while, and then when they came back, we hooked up. And that was the first AFAB person mm-hmm. I ever hooked up with. And I was really bad. <laughs> like, I did not know anything about anything, uh, which is a little unfortunate. But that really, I think, cemented it for me. Um, so I had, like, you know, men and women's on my Tinder preferences, Mm -hmm. and, um, my roommate, who had been, like, openly bi for years, was like, what are you? And I was like, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know. That's what we're figuring out, babe. Like, I went by bisexual for a little while, um, but it never felt right for me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I guess this is, like, the closest thing to describe 
what I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it doesn't feel right. Um, and then, you know, I would kind of, I would date women sometimes and sometimes men and then some non-binary people too. And, oh my God, the worst was I was working at this store in the mall, Motherhood Maternity. Mm-hmm. And the, I found out later that the manager would be, like, talking about my love life with the other co-workers. Be like, oh, Nicole's back to men now. Oh, like, gross. oh, Nicole's... Yeah, she was... God bless her, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> she was an interesting person. Still, I'm sure she still is a very interesting mm-hmm. person. She did say to me and another queer co-worker at once... I can't even remember what prompted. She's like, yeah, but no one's been killed for being gay. <clears throat> and we were just like... I was, like, stalking the shelf, and I just looked down to my coworker who was just looking at me like <laughs> like well um I don't even know if we responded to that honestly but as soon as she left we were like what what did she actually just say that to us that no. sounds like it would be like part of an SNL skit like right. pa- like a parody <laughs> right <laughs> and like she's a very sheltered person um she doesn't really go out or do anything like anyway I can't I don't want to get into it I don't want to get into anything I hope she is doing well. Um, I do not miss working in retail at all. Um, yes. And then I had my first girlfriend, kind of, but we weren't really girlfriends until like a week before I broke things off. Because oh. I wanted something more committed and mm-hmm. more serious, and she didn't. And I think when she sensed I was pulling away, she was like, why don't you be my girlfriend? But like, I keep sleeping with my roommate. And I was like, okay. Oh. <laughs> I got, I got what I wanted. And I was like, mm, this is not what I want. No. I was like, what if we don't do this anymore? <laughs> JK. <laughs> so she's like sort of my ex-girlfriend. Um, I guess technically we were girlfriends for like a week, as I said. Um, and then I finally met Emma. And so Emma's like number three of like my mm-hmm. actual long-term relationship. And that's how I keep, intend to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we actually met on Tinder, even though we went to the same school. Which is so silly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I might have talked a bit about that already. So I don't need to go over all that again. But yeah, it's been a long ride to get here. I got this um, rainbow tiger. Oh, I've never seen that. Really? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I got it tattooed like when I like finally realized I was pansexual. Mm -hmm. um, Because I didn't know that that was really a thing Mm -hmm. until I saw literally an article that was like, celebrities who have come out as pansexual. And I was like, what? And so I was reading about it and the way that they, like Janelle Monae, the Mm -hmm. way she described it, I was like, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. Finally, like someone has put into words how I feel. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's like, I'm attracted to the person, gender has nothing to do with it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. That's what I am. And Mm -hmm. then I was able to like, finally, like confidently wear a label. Um... I know labels aren't everything, and they're not the most important thing. It helps. But it does help. Yeah. It's nice to have that community. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have that flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just to, like, help describe a little part of yourself that you were unsure of for such a mm-hmm. long Absolutely. time. Yeah. It took me, like, 20 years to figure out mm-hmm. what I was. And actually, I met Emma that day, that night. That you read the article? That I got this tattoo. Oh, I met, oh, cool. Like, that was the first time we met in person. We didn't start dating for like a few months later, mm-hmm. but that was the first time I met Emma. Oh, I love that. It was when I got this tattoo. And mm-hmm. I remember because people kept bumping into me and I was like, ow. Because <laughs> it hurt. It hurt a lot. I'd imagine that would be like a very tender spot to get a tattoo. See, I was, my goal was get it somewhere that's like far away from bone. So I like, was trying to pick a meatier place. That looks like it hurt a lot. I also have one of my ribs. <laughs> I think if I had to get my ribs tattooed, I'd like bonk myself on the head <laughs> with a hammer first and be like, all right, three, two, one, go. Just take like four gravel, fall asleep. <laughs> That's what I would need, literally. <laughs> Emma's dad, <laughs> I don't know if I should share this. Yeah, it's fine. Emma's dad got a tattoo. I think he only has the one. He's very squeamish. Um, like, we can't even talk about anything blood-related or else he'd be like, ah, stop talking about this, I'm mm. going to pass out. And he fainted before he got, like, before they started. And he was like, did you do it? They're oh. like, no, we can't, <laughs> get, we can't give you a tattoo when you're unconscious. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> that's funny. Imagine waking up from being unconscious and somebody's just sticking you with needles. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, that was the option you wanted? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, thank God. It's already started. <laughs> I almost passed out before my first tattoo as well. Did you? 
I, I start I saw my vision go blurry. Oh. Just like the smell of the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I was so terrified of needles growing up. My first tattoo is the one that's on my shoulder blade. Um, and it honestly, I didn't feel like any of it. Okay. Like it felt like a slight pinch the closer he got to like my spine, mm-hmm. or, like the middle of my back. But everything else, like I couldn't even feel that he was doing it. So if you're getting a first tattoo, highly recommend shoulder blade, especially if you're indecisive. Because I honestly forget that that's there most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't have to see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I've seen it's there. I've seen mm. the pictures. <laughs> I know that it's a tattoo that I have. <laughs> um, but yeah, you don't feel it, and you don't have to see it very much. So, highly recommend. See, I feel like I I have two tattoos, and they're both in very sensitive spots. But I don't think I would be able to get a tattoo now. Because I got these in my early 20s, mm-hmm. and I was much better at suppressing my needs back then. And, like anything to do with like sensory overload or anything I was very good at suppressing it Mm -hmm. so I would just like be like this doesn't hurt and I would just turn that part of my brain off I can't do that anymore thank god like I I, like let myself feel what I'm feeling and I feel like a (laughs) tattoo would just set me over the edge Mm. shoulder blade though you might be able to if if it's if you if there's something you want bad enough gotta gotta tell you I do have a tattoo idea and it actually (gasps) has something to do with my coming out story (gasps) please yes um, I was. I'm curious about something. Yep. Since mine took such a long time, should we do yours in the second half, or sure. do you want to like start yours, take a break, and then come back? I can make it quick because we're like twenty something minutes into it now. I can make it. I can do it in like four minutes. Okay. We'll hear the rest of it after in the second half too. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I was. I like basically lived in like a glass closet. Like everyone. Like <laughs> I didn't really try to suppress my gayness that much. Other than dating every girl in my high school. Every single one. Yeah, every single one. <laughs> Check. Um, but Check. So I ended up having a girlfriend for like four years. And I think I might have talked about this on the Lost episode. <laughs> so, um, and so we dated. She broke up with me saying like, we need to find out who we are without each other. <laughs> which, mean, which meant you're gay. Um, <laughs> a couple months later, um, I'm having some drinks with some of my close friends. And um, my bestie... Tia, the most wonderful person in the whole entire world, pulls me aside and she says, listen, somebody's planted a seed. Somebody's planted a seed. And I was like, what do you mean? And she just kept on repeating, somebody has planted a seed. Yeah, what does that mean? And then she goes on to say... Like you're pregnant? Like <laughs> She goes on to say, like, um, somebody saying you're gay. And I was like, oh my god, I'm not. I'm, I am not gay. I promise. <laughs> So we just, and she's just like, okay, great. And she's like, that's, that, okay, great. I just wanted to let you know people are saying that. And I was like, okay, thanks for telling me. And then we go about our night. And then the next day I felt really, really, really guilty about lying to her because she was my best friend. Um, she's so lovely. I knew that she could handle the information that I was gay. Um, and so I was like, listen, I don't plan on actually coming out. Um, but I just want you to know that I'm gay. So then that was lovely. Mm. Um, it was a very lovely coming out and lots of hugs and cries and Aww. kisses on the head. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell an, I'm gonna tell one other person. So then I told my other friend. And then I was like, this feels good. This feels really good. Mm. So I kept on coming out to more and more people. Eventually at a party, um, my entire French immersion class was there. And I was basically just like, just so everyone knows, I'm gay. And everyone was like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, you are. And anyways, the tattoo I want to get, it's a very generic tattoo at first glance. It would be just some sort of like tree with a seed at the bottom. Like someone's planted a seed and I want to put the date that I came out to her at the bottom of it by by the seed. You know the date and everything? Um, I have it written down somewhere. It's the first weekend in September of 2010, I think. No, September in 2009. Do you yeah. have, like, a, a diary entry about it? No, I just have a good memory for dates. <laughs> nice. That's a good thing. <laughs> you do so well in a history course. You know what? I always assumed I would hate history. And then the more I'm le- learning about, like, queer history, and especially, like, Halifax's queer history, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was meant to learn about history. <laughs> Ooh, that's good to know. Are there any, like, queer history courses? In, I'm sure like, the Mount offers some. The Mount seems like the place where they would do that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's the, don't they call that like the lesbian university? Yeah. It used to be all women, wasn't it? Oh. Back in the day? Maybe that's not You're true. You're the history major. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> You're also from here, so you have. I don't know anything info. about anything. Same. I do speak very <laughs> confidently sometimes, but I probably don't know what I'm talking about. And that's people will get me with that. Like, someone will confidently tell me something, like, you're, I can't believe you're so smart. Where do you learn all of these things? Made it up, baby. All they need to do is, like, stand kind of tall, <laughs> and I'm like, please tell me all of your wisdom, <laughs> person with a puffy chest. Like, well, not puffy, but puffed chest, I guess. <laughs> not the puffy chest. That's, that's all it takes for me. Um, I gotta work on being so gullible. Like I told you, I'm a level seven susceptible. <laughs> from... <laughs> <laughs> You would love community. It's actually the person who made it found out he was autistic through the show, like through writing the show, because one of the characters Uh is like very autistic. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hmm, (laughs) I think I am also, and then got a diagnosis Uh through writing the character of Abed. Um, And that's why some people are like, we don't love it when neurotypical people play autistic characters. But the creator and writer of the show mm-hmm. is autistic, so this gets a pass yeah, like, yeah. because it's like just so accurate, <laughs> and because Danny Pudi did such a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you would you would really like it. Okay, I, I will try it someday. <laughs> I think I'll save it for next time I'm sick. Ooh, mm. you know, just you could, have a little binge. You get sick a lot. Um, here's a question. <laughs> I don't actually get sick a lot, but I do convince myself I'm sick a lot. <laughs> like it happens once a month where I'm like I'm getting sick, and then I go to bed and I wake up and I'm not sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just me getting anxious and being like, I'm so achy. <laughs> <laughs> just a little baby. You were mentioning that you get achy a lot. I do, but I think it's I think it's just anxiety. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I remember when I was in school, I used to just like throw up all the time. <laughs> like not in like a disordered like making myself. Mm-hmm. Like I would just be like, uh <laughs> You're a puker. <laughs> just like a nervous puker, uh-huh. I think. And I was like, what is wrong with me? And I was like going to the free dial counseling and they're like, you are, this is how your body is manifesting stress physically. And I was like, could it not? (laughs) How do we stop that? I don't have time for this. (laughs) Before we take a break, can I tell you what the Dow mental health clinic told me to do about my depression? Tell me. I was having trouble waking up in the morning because I was depressed and sad and miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, And the advice I got on my final session was... Get your roommate to hide your alarm clock. So you have to wake up and find it. And then you'll be awake and you won't go back to bed. Wow. That Oh, s- depression solved. Is your is that counselor God? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I have a friend who has a similar story where in her final counseling session with Dal Mental Health, um, they discovered that, oh, she likes to pet her cat when she's feeling anxious. So just get something furry put it in your purse, and pet the fur when you're feeling anxious. (laughs) Depression gone. Anxiety gone. (laughs) Thanks, Dal. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about our university experiences. Come on, segue. After the break. Bye. Nap time. back from the break we sat and we watched some glee videos (laughs) (laughs) do you want to tell them why we were watching glee videos well i'm in a glee themed drag show coming up in a few weeks and honestly once by the time this episode airs i think the show will already have happened probably it's on april 15th so like if you hear this before then come on over i had to pick my songs um i'll be doing some adele and I'll be doing some Beyonce. <laughs> so, um, do you need to make your costumes still? Probably. Um, I don't or make you're... new costumes for every show. Because, mm. I mean, my first instinct is to always make new costumes. Right. But that's a lot. Mm. And it's very, it costs a lot of money. Because, like, to make a decent outfit, it would probably cost me, like... I could I could do one for, like, 30 bucks of materials, plus, like... 12 hours of time hmm. but yeah if I when I get in the habit of making an outfit for, for every show it decreases the quality of my outfits because I'm like whatever I'm only gonna wear this once right which is wasteful and I don't like doing that so I make a new outfit for every like second or third show I have a little stockpile in my room now very smart 
Um, I have a, the most recent outfit I made was for St. Patrick's Day and it's green and gold, but you better believe I will be wearing that on every other, it's every beautiful. other day as well. Thanks babe. When did I, did I see that? And did yeah. I see you actually wear that? Um, oh, I think by the time you came to the show, I think I was changed into my like sequence. Yes. I don't think I actually got to see you perform in that mm -hmm. one. Womp womp. So I had three, three gigs that day and I only wore it for half of one. What? Why? <laughs> because I like I did it for my first number, and then at the intermission, I changed into my other outfit, and then stayed in that outfit for the rest of the night. Mm. And at bingo earlier that day, we just stayed in one outfit because we were on stage calling bingo numbers for two and a half hours. I mean, that sounds fun. <laughs> it sounds exactly like the thing you would like to do. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> a numbers queen. A numbers queen. <laughs> like I, by the end of it, I was like pulling numbers and just like trying to call him out but calling the exact like the wrong number several times and we're gaslighting the yeah. world <laughs> the chaos <laughs> okay um b3 uh, i didn't say b i said o27 you idiot i never said that <laughs> i can't believe you would like put words into my mouth <laughs> and spit and numbers into my mouth <laughs> okay i think we said after the break we were going to talk about university yeah. a little bit tell us about your university experience and i i see can i say the word you have written in the google doc that has been making me crack up every uh -huh. time i see it you have demon twink written in here i was a demon twink <laughs> i was if anybody who is listening knew me between the ages of 19 and 26 i'm so sorry <laughs> can you tell us about your journey well so i came out in high school and that was pretty like I don't know, it wasn't very uh, eventful. And then as soon as I moved to university, I was like, oh my God, I love drinking. Um, and I don't have any parents here to like moderate me. I can just drink whenever I want, no consequences. Um, but then the month after I moved out is when I got diagnosed with diabetes. And to cope with diabetes, I was just like, I'm not gonna let this control me. And like, they were telling me like, hey, don't drink. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> so I would, um, every like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, would just get blackout drunk on Colt 45. What is that? Oh my God. You don't know what Colt 45 is? It sounds, those, that sounds like a word and number I've heard together before, but I have no idea what it is. I think it's also a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is a 45 ounce bottle of basically beer. But it's not actual beer, it's malt liquor. Okay. So it just tastes like the strongest, skunkiest, oldest beer you've ever tasted in your life. And they were $7. Oh. So I would have two of them and I would get absolutely blackout, which I do not recommend. I, this is not a- uh, Not a flex. <laughs> I'm not advocating for, <laughs> yeah, not a flex, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, and also that's like a lot of carbs for my diabetes. Mm. Um, I would get absolutely blackout. Also alcohol lowers your blood sugar after a couple hours. So I would go low, I would pass out. I would just be such a liability on all my friends and to them, I am so sorry. <laughs> but, um, so I basically what I thought was like to be gay is to go out clubbing in gay clubs. That's what it is to be queer. That's what I thought when I was That's 19. That's what it looks like on TV. Yeah. So I just would get absolutely blackout, assuming everybody else was doing the same thing. Because mm. in my mind, everybody else was blackout too, so it wasn't a problem. Right. So that's how I spent many of my years in my early 20s and I was a nightmare and that's where demon twink comes from because that's exactly what I was. Um, so yeah, a lot of my, the queerness of my early 20s was just getting problematically drunk uh, and then I moved back to Enfield um, where it was categorically not queer <laughs> and I was a bartender there and then kind of like took a break from that lifestyle of just getting way too drunk four days a week um, not on purpose it was just kind of like I didn't really have a whole lot of friends left in Halifax and I, I'm sure you can imagine why <laughs> um, but then I started to get my life together a little bit, slowly but surely, it was a rocky ride. And then when I came back to Halifax, I had a whole new definition of what it meant to be queer, and then I started drag, and here I am. Hey. <laughs> oh, Martin is disrupting the pod. 
Mascot Martin, you're not getting paid for this episode if you keep on disrupting us. You keep talking, I'm going to make sure you didn't break into that closet. So yeah, and then like a year ago, I started drag and then it's really like opened my eyes to what it actu actually means to be queer and what that can mean and the opportunities it brings and maybe the downsides of it. Yeah, so it turns out being queer is a lot more than just getting blackout drunk. <laughs> and I hope at least one person listening to this can hear that and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't follow those steps that Diana set forward. You know what I mean? <laughs> so was there like a certain event that kind of made you realize you needed to make a change? Or um, did you just kind of slowly kind of start making the steps but didn't really think of it as being an end goal? Um, there wasn't one single event, but there was many, many events with my mental health mm -hmm. that led me to be hospitalized. Oh. And that didn't necessarily make me go like, oh, I need to stop this. It was just that like, I knew I needed to get better. And so, I, I don't know, it, it was never a conscious like, oh, I'm going to stop partying. Mm -hmm. um, but it just kind of happened, I guess, as I tried to survive. Right. Um, and also... Obviously, people did not like partying with me because I was a liability. I can see that now. I mm -hmm. didn't understand it then. I just saw it as, like, natural drifting between friends. It wasn't. It was me driving a wedge over and over and over again between my relationships, which um, I have many of those friends who have stuck around and I've stayed in contact with, and I'm very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. But um, bless their souls and how many times they all saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's it's sweet and also a little sad. Yeah. Um, I have a friend, and she's not a liability at all. But there was one time, um, she would, she I just don't think handled her liquor very well. Like mm -hmm. she wouldn't have a lot to drink, but not a lot mm -hmm. would like get her pretty gone. And I, it was my friend Dean's birthday, and we were downtown. We went to the martini bar. Um, I forget what it. Is there a word for the martini bar down there? I totally forget what it's called. Ma -ba -da -ba -da. Loose cannon? Maybe. Fireside. No. Anyway, we end up going to the pizza pizza, uh -huh. and she threw up on the floor. Sad. So I was, like, mopping up my friend's puke at the pizza pizza with just, like, fistfuls of napkins. And that's why they're closed today. <laughs> Are they closed? Yeah. I didn't know they closed. <laughs> That would surprise me, though, because I was, like, pretty liquored myself, mm -hmm. and I was just like, Becky, like, come on, girl. Keep it together. This is, this is ridiculous. Um, but no, I know what you mean. Um, I feel like I've had moments where I was kind of that person, in university, too, mm. um, where everyone else is just like, this is cringe, like, mm -hmm. please, and you just, like, can't stop. Mm -hmm. Um, I know whenever I even mention alcohol to my dad, he's like, be careful, you mm -hmm. have alcoholism in the family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, where? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. Like, you know my name, not my story. <laughs> you remember people saying that back back in the day? We were from different back in the days, babe. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever said, you know my name, not my story. I've as like never a, heard that in my life. It was like a cringy meme, but then there were some girls who said it unironically. And you're like... We know all of it. We're we are all from the same hometown. We, we follow you on Instagram. <laughs> we all know where you live. <laughs> Not in like a menacing way. Um, yeah, we are from very different back in the days, aren't we? Mm -hmm. And like like when we're hanging out, like I don't really, I don't actually think of you as being like much older mm -hmm. than me. Um, I feel like it's something that I kind of stopped processing mm -hmm. at a certain age. Um, but there are a few things where we'll be like, oh yeah, you know this from mm -hmm. back, and you're like, no. Um, I think I think Bakugan, back Bakugan. I never know how to say. My it. sister really liked Bakugan. How old's your sister? She's eighteen, nineteen. Oh, okay, and see, like I'm, we're I'm closer in age. With oh my this. god, you're like close to the age of my sister. Then I'm to you probably. Cause yeah. You're, you're are you thirty on the on the nose? Or are you thirty one? Thirty one in April. Right, 31 in April. Aries okay. season, baby. <laughs> oh, God. When you told me you're in Aries, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> And I know that people come after Geminis all the time, but I feel like my ex-boyfriend was in Aries. Oh, so yeah. So that's... And I, I would never date in Aries. <laughs> the only reason I remember um, is because his birthday was April Fool's Day. Oh, sad. So everyone would be like, haha, your existence is a joke, mm -hmm. you know, like every year. Um... And that's, so that's how that's how I remember. And Do you know what April Fools is in French? What? Poisson d'avril. 
Poisson. Poisson, Davril. <laughs> April Fish. April. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we were talking about, yes, you did French Immersion. Yeah. I did French Immersion, too. Did you, what? I did. Did we never talk about this? I don't think we did. Then, did you, so how did you know I did French Immersion? You just talked about, well, you said it in the first half. Did I? Of this podcast, yeah. When you said you came out to your whole French Immersion class. Right. So listen, the second you hit record, my brain turns off, and I don't remember a single thing I say. That's fair. There's been several times you brought up, like, oh, yeah, like, we talked about this. No, we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we need a third person to hang out and keep us on track. And the third person we bring is, like, asleep on my couch right (laughs) now. God love you, Rakeem. (laughs) I learned... I took French immersion from a bunch of teachers who were all Acadian. And, like, love them to death. They're so nice. And... Now, when I hear people speaking French, if they're speaking Acadian French, I can understand it perfectly. Any other type of French, it's over. <laughs> and when I... So I took intermediate French in first year university. So I was first year out of French immersion. And I chose to take the lower level of French than I was recommended so I could get an easy A. Because hmm. there was immersion French, intermediate French, and beginner. I took intermediate. Oh, baby, I straight up failed. <gasps> we had a weekly project... And every single one I would get a 30% on because the professor didn't know what I was saying. He would just write, in English, I did not know what you were trying to say on the paper. Oh, wow. Then the final exam, I went to every single class. Yeah. The final exam in the Dalplex, there's about a thousand people in there. He comes over to me with the microphone and goes, oh, well, 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 Joshua, look who decided to show up. Yeah, it was mortifying, and then I failed the exam. (laughs) Whoa, oh my god. And that was the last time I spoke French. I feel like I would never ever speak French ever again. No, so it turns out I just don't actually know French. It is so funny when you you say your name is Josh or Joshua, because I'm just like... When I'm talking about you, and like I say Diana all the time. Like, you're literally in my phone as Diana. And you're like, I'm like, oh, what's your snap again? And you're like, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. Like, look me in the face and tell me I look like a Josh. Or a Joshua. Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, we learned in the newest episode of Drag Race when it was Lucy's family. They're like, Jim. <laughs> Which oh, one's we- Jim? Lucy, remember the family Ew. video? Jim? I think her name's Jim or John or something. It was like. <laughs> Do you find Lucy handsome? Out, out of drag? drag, out of drag, she reminds me of. Oh God, I feel like the only one who I find attractive out of drag is Anitra. Oh yeah, Anitra's hot, mm-hmm. and usually I don't find the queens very attractive out of mm-hmm. drag. Um, not usually in drag either, but like <laughs> Anitra, I'm like. Yeah. Eyebrows raised mm, <laughs> in and out of drag. Yeah, she is gorgeous. I feel like Lucy out of drag reminds me of an actor who I, whose name I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Mistress out of drag. <laughs> I she looks like Honey Boo Boo a little bit. She does. Right? Like I not can even see it. not even like as a read or anything. Like she, uh-huh. like I genuinely feel like she kind of <laughs> looks like that's what that's that is Honey Boo Boo all grown up. She just, like, dyed her hair black. And, and you informed me of some horrifying news about Mistress last week. That Mistress is 24 years old? Yeah. I assumed Mistress was, like, a 44-year-old, like, aunt. You would think, right? Yeah. No, she, um... She was 23 when filming it. Damn. So she was, like, my age now, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like, she was born in 98. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I feel like I've heard a lot... I've seen a lot of people being like, What? She's... What? She's 23? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> I'm trying to find Lucy's real name, but I'm pretty sure when I saw um, Untucked, it was like, Oh, okay, Jim, we love you. Or Tim. Mm. Tim or Jim or something. I don't know. Something bad. <laughs> Why are all the drag queen names so funny yeah. when they're... When it's their real mm-hmm. God-given <laughs> Christian names. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I feel like even... So, with all the drag performers in Halifax, I don't know most of their, like, government right. names, I yeah. guess. But just like, like... So, I knew Onomatopoeia before drag. Mm-hmm. And so, there were several times when I started drag that I would say Tyler. 
But like you like boy naming any boy naming drag performers while while you're in drag is the worst. Yeah. I, which I I did it over and over again to, to Anna, and just like now me thinking about Anna being Tyler is insane. What is what is, like I I honestly I I can't think of a good name. Like if you see a drag queen and you're like, what would be a good name? for you for your like boy self if that's the case like mark like that's bad too like is it is it possible that boy names are just bad i think you're right (laughs) because i can't like i yeah i can't like matthew matt matt's not bad you know the one that does it doesn't give me the ick is steph peaks in steph peaks is steph in drag and out of drag is chase chase makes sense yeah I can see Stephen isn't bad. I feel like that's not a bad name. Who's if, Stephen? I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, oh, in just general, hypothetically. Yeah, if someone was like a Stephen, I feel like if it was Steve, that would be bad. That would be bad. Stephen, yeah. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let me see. We are. I feel like we have gone off track. Not that there really ever was a track. <laughs> it's more like a dirt road. <laughs> so you mentioned you went to Reflections for the first time. Back when you were discovering your queerness. I did. Which Reflections was it? Was it the one, like, the new... There was more than one? Yeah. Well, there was, there, like, not not more than one at a time. Well... But, like, it used to be... Do you know where the Discovery Center mm-hmm. was? It was right along... Oh, where it was? It was right there. Yeah. Not where it is now? Well, it's it's done now. It's a pizza shop. The Discovery Center's gone? Wait, we're confused. P- Discovery Center has moved. Yeah. Oh. But Reflections used to be where the Discovery Center was. Okay. But, like, down... The hill a little bit. I went to the one across from Pacifico. Yeah, so that's the, the new one, the quote new one unquote. It... The new one that is gone. Is it true that it was owned by the Hell's Angels? That's what I heard. Or by I... like some biker gang. I think it was the Hell's Angels. I haven't heard that. I've heard that like, and same with Men's and Molly's. Really? Yeah. Oh. That like, isn't that insane that like, the government... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't care about queer spaces, but the Hells Angels are like, we need to look out for them. <laughs> that is a rumor I will be spreading. <laughs> I, I've heard it from, like, people who used to perform at both places oh. and how they, like, said they didn't really feel safe. And that's why they were happy about Indulge opening mm-hmm. up because it was, like, actually owned and operated by queer people and not the Hells Angels. Um, oh, it's not. <laughs> let's let's cut that, Rakeem. <laughs> Please cut out 46 minutes in. <laughs> Um, anything I said about indulge. Um, but I really do wish we had a, you know, actual queer space owned and operated by queer people. I mean, Mm. Haven, where our friend is in charge, Mm -hmm. but it's still owned by Grant and Connor, so it's like... We have Glitter Bean. That's owned and operated by people, isn't it? I think so. It's also, like, a coffee shop. True, yeah. Which is, like, open, what, in, like, the afternoon? Yeah. Morning on weekdays or Mm -hmm. something? Um, I just mean, like, I guess an actual night, nightlife space, too, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, although Glitter Bean is adorable. It's been so long since I've been there, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like a bad gay. I'm not supporting. Bad, bad gay. Mm. <laughs> um, there's gotta be something. Like, um, part of me is like, should, do, do we open a bar, you know? I never. Like everyone... <laughs> I will never in my life open a bar. <laughs> everyone has that conversation because they're like, oh my god, we should own a bar. <laughs> one thing I find, like... The since the pandemic, it I've so back when I first started like going downtown and mm-hmm. like going to Reflections. Reflections was packed. Yeah. Every Friday and Saturday, like wall to wall, and there would be nothing going on. It would just be a DJ. It would just be a normal night. And now it feels like even though we do have those spaces like Indulge and Haven, it's very rare that it gets packed. And it seems to only stay packed for, like, a drag show. Mm-hmm. And then everybody leaves, even though there's, like, music afterwards and, like, a dance floor. And it just seems like the culture has shifted a lot. And people are got much more comfortable staying at home and just hanging out with their small clique. Um, or maybe going to the show with their small clique and then heading back home to hang out. But even when there's, like, big events, mm-hmm. say, like, a big drag queen comes, people don't stay. <laughs> they just come for the queen and leave. That's so sad. So I think the money isn't there for these queer spaces, so it's Mm kind of hard to open one and sustain one. And also, just from working at a bar, I think it would be my personal nightmare to own a bar. (laughs) (laughs) All the administrative stuff, I think, is the things people forget about. Yeah. 
And that I don't think I could ever... Like, I've never really wanted a leadership position in, like, anything mm. that I've ever done. Um, I never was like, I hope to get promoted to supervisor mm. at this superstore. Mm. <laughs> Yay! You know, I was like, please do not put me in charge of it. I just want to show up, do my shift, mm. and get out of here. Mm. I don't want to think about this place mm. when I'm not here. Mm. <coughs> and I'm still kind of the same way a little bit. Um... I think I'm definitely a lot luckier with my jobs now mm-hmm. that, like, I actually really like them. Good. Um, but still, I wouldn't really want too much of an authority position and really mm-hmm. anything. I just don't think I could... I don't think I could talk to people in a way that, like, separates me from them. You know what I mean? Like, you work for me. Oh, like, I see. Like, I am the person in charge mm-hmm. here. Like, I told you, I like watching people play board games because, mm-hmm. like, the competitiveness and, like, I'm like, there could be a moment of tension and mm-hmm. that terrifies me. Yeah. I will stress puke about playing Cranium mm-hmm. right now. Like, that's the thing. When we were hanging out with our friends and they're like, let's play a board game. I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I was like come on, get it together. Don't be a loser who doesn't play board games because they're afraid. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> and I always, I feel like I always have fun once it starts, but like, I have like this terrible anxiety beforehand. It's like, really? you're going to be so bad at this and mm-hmm. everyone's going to think you suck. You know? <laughs> Let's unpack terrible. that, baby. Let's <laughs> unpack that. <laughs> Why? I've done it because of, um, like I did basketball growing mm-hmm. up with, and my dad was the coach. Mm-hmm. So if I did bad at the game, I had to hear about it on the drive home. Ooh. I got to hear about it during supper. Mm-hmm. I had to hear about it before going to bed. And like he would have us up and like practicing before school or like on the weekends in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of my life. And I feel like that kind of stays with me now. I'm like, if I do bad at this game or I'm like not able to do this, I'm going to hear about it mm-hmm. later. And that makes me want to cry. Sad. You know? Yeah, I get it's that. Like, what? It's a it's a stupid board game. Like, no one mm-hmm. cares. But it's like, I, th- I think I have anxiety disorder. Like, <laughs> I, think I, need, you? I think I need to get diagnosed. <laughs> I literally, there was a person, like, I'm in spot two in my, in our parking lot. Mm-hmm. The person who, for a while, there was someone parking in spot three on or over the line. Ooh, nope. I had a nightmare about it. Oh. I was like, they're going to swing their door too hard and it's going to hit my car. And I was, I would be like watching them park while in the apartment, just like scowling. Nuts. <laughs> like, like insane. <laughs> like what, what is wrong with me? And then like having dreams about it. I'm like, what? Oh God. Like that's, that's the level we're at. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go give you that right diagnosis, babe. <laughs> I'll write you one right now. <laughs> oh, <God>. Dr. Tease. <laughs> I mean, I'd go. I'd go to that <laughs> clinic. <laughs> um, so, Queera and I were, Queera Bang, we were trying to come up with, like, a business name. Mm-hmm. Did I already tell you about this? Yes. This is, yeah, and in fact, today you have told me about this business and said, have I told you about this yet? <laughs> have I told the people at home? I don't think you've told the people at home. So, my last name is Tease, their last name is Bang, and we were trying to come up with, like, uh, a business name, and we came up with, uh, well, I came up with Bang and Tease, which mm. the government wouldn't like that, I don't think. I don't think they would love Bang and Tease, so we settled for... I mean, I'd like it. <laughs> we settled for Glitter and Glitz. Glitter and Grit? Glitter and grit. That's what we settled on. Are you sure? Did, are no. You, are you settled? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't sound very settled, Miss <laughs> Tease. One thing about me is I am never settled on anything. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us more about it. Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna like focus on producing drag shows in like rural Nova Scotia mm-hmm. instead of Halifax. Um, I'm still gonna have my shows in Halifax like normal, but we want to expand like down like South Shore area, Truro. Um, just different areas of Nova Scotia because what we found is that's where a lot of the money is like if you you don't have to do a lot of effort to sell out a show because there's such high demand and no supply of drag that you put one show out there and it's going to sell out before you even post about it oh wow uh, Queer actually had a show in Berwick that sold out before they like advertised it on Instagram Berwick? Berwick I've yeah. never heard of that place no? where is it? Um, Valley-ish so what, it's like not actually. I think city? it's. I think it's near Bridgewater. I don't know. Hmm. I've lived in Nova Scotia my entire life, yeah. and I could not <laughs> tell you where anything is. I mean, that's fair. I haven't lived in Newfoundland for eighteen years, and I don't know very many. I mean, there's also like a hundred communities 
of like two people. Slay. <laughs> there's one. There's literally a place called Nikki's Nose Cove. Oh. <laughs> Not the nose cove. It's my favorite place. <laughs> um, every time we hang out, I rediscover that you're from Newfoundland. Mm. And every time I'm like, no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what about me doesn't say Newfoundlander? I need you to have a thicker accent. Oh my God. Stereotype. Um, <laughs> I'll stereotype okay. the house down, baby. <laughs> stereotype the house down boots. Oh my gosh. I can't believe. Wow. You heard it here first. Diana B.T. is cancelled. Actively but likes to stereotype. Diana B.T.'s bigot. Diana B. <laughs> Diana bigot T's. That's what the B stands for. <laughs> <laughs> Not Diana bigot T's. You are a demon twink. <laughs> other other options for the B are Diana boobs T's. Um, Diana vagina T's. I feel like I've... Have I even seen you wear boobs? I, I wore boobs for my first four shows. Um, and then it was too hot one day, like it was like the middle of summer mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? I've seen other Queens like not wear boobs. So I'm just going to take this one night off. Never put them back on a yeah. single time. I was like, I don't think I've seen you. I, Cause I've seen the boobs mm -hmm. in your, in your living room. They're Fiona's now. Ah, <laughs> Fiona has taken my boobs. boobs. That's so sweet. Yes. <laughs> Fiona had her first performance last night. How did that go? It was wonderful. It was so good. A proud mama. Yes. Mm. Um, she did Public Affair by Jessica Simpson and Daddy AF by Slater. Did you just make a you didn't you don't know Jessica Simpson? I know who okay, I know Jessica Simpson because I worked at Motherhood Maternity and she has a maternity line and so I sold and own a lot of her maternity wear and I know that she was a singer? Mm -hmm. Which did she start a singer or was she like a reality person? I think she was a si she was a singer first and then was on the Newlyweds the uh just like a show about her life with Nick Lachey. I don't know who, who that is either. Nick Lachey is like a host for like every dating show now. Um, like Nick, I'm like Fabergé, like, <laughs> like, like the eggs. Nick Fabergé, please welcome to the stage, Nick Fabergé. That would be a good, that would be a good name. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so my, one of the names that I was saving for like a future drag baby was Aiden H. Dean or ADH Dean mm. um, to match my name. Right. Because, you know, it's all about me. <laughs> but there's a new performer in Halifax named ADH Dick. You need to adopt him. I told them yesterday, I told them about like, how I was saving that. And they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, no, I'm not actually mad. I'm no. not mad. <laughs> you can have it. It wasn't mine. <laughs> I can't believe you were a mean gay. That is so surprising to me. Yeah. So what? how it would happen is like, I would just like act as what I thought it was, was to be gay. Mm. And then I would see the people I was with and how they would be mean. So I would like turn up my meanness to make them laugh. Um, and then I would go to other friend groups thinking I was going to get that same laugh. And then I wouldn't. I would just be a bitch. Right. And then, I don't know, I would, like, double down when people would get mad. Come on, autism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually have a similar... I think I was like that in grade six. Yeah? I think up to grade six, I was like, people on Disney are mean to each mm -hmm. other, and that's funny. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was kind of perceived... Uh, I don't think I was perceived as a bully, but I was definitely not the favorite mm -hmm. but like i was still like hanging out with everyone like everything was fine but they're like haha like you're not gonna like if i was being a mime for like we had this circus thing mm -hmm. like oh you're not gonna be able to like tease me and i was like oh shoot am i being like mean mean i thought i was being disney channel me <laughs> <laughs> and then like got my act together in like grade seven i was like i don't want to be that person i don't want to i thought i was just being haha you were just being miley i was just being <laughs> <laughs> the last time I freaked out, um, but, um, yeah, I remember saying to somebody, because I, I had no idea what it meant, I just took this line directly from Max and Ruby. My mm -hmm. mother bought something for this girl who lived down the road from me, and we would, like, carpool to school together, and it was her birthday, so, like, mom picked her up something, mm -hmm. and Ruby, when she was trying on this dress decided not to get it and said, I think it looked better on the rack. And I had no idea, like, what anything meant. I just... Mm -hmm. And then I said that to this person wearing, like, the thing. And then her mom got so mad at me. And I was like, I don't know what I said. Like, what? I just said, like, words that I saw on the moving pictures. <laughs> I was just being funny. I was really, like, five. Like, I didn't know what words <laughs> meant yet. <laughs> and anyway, yeah. 
maybe a little touch of the tism there too. Yeah. <laughs> just, a little, just a little tap. Just tap. Just a little just tap. tap? Just a tap. Just a, t just a, t a tippy tap. Just a tippy tap, <laughs> Just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> well, it's been about an hour. It sure has. I guess we should probably start saying goodbye. Okay. Do you think? Where can we find you, Nicole? We can find me on Instagram at NicoleK19. And where can we find you? You can find me at diana.b.t's <laughs> on Instagram or where's my insulin.gay which Nicole today found out why I have that as my catchphrase because every 5 minutes I just say out loud where's my insulin and I don't even realize I say it I just lose it every 5 seconds and that's on ADHD that's on it it's like, <laughs> oh god I had something so funny I was going to say I totally forget what it was um Anyway, okay, bye. Next week. <laughs> Thanks for Mwah. listening. Mwah. Save one for later. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs>